Welcome to Two Gals in a Glass Half Full. Uh, we are in May, which is Mental Health Awareness, and we are in our last episode of the month. Um, I love the last one, and I'm so excited to learn from Melissa um, again today. So first, Dr. Jess, what do you have in your cup? Well, today I've got my water bottle because I'm trying to stay nice and hydrated. It's in Florida and it's getting warmer outside. So it's very easy to get dehydrated. So I try and keep this as full as possible. I put a little bit of fresh squeezed lemon in there just to keep it uh, tasting a little bit more. And then I drink more and I keep it nice and cold in this kind of bottle. And then that way I just keep refilling it throughout the day. So, yep. Now, Dr. Bobby, what's in your glass? Well, I've already had my coffee for the day and I am on track for my water, which is a rare. Um, so <laughs> I'm having some pomegranate kombucha. Trying to get some go. gut health going in there. Perfect. And then today we have a special guest with us. We have another licensed mental health counselor. This is Melissa Crawford. So Melissa, what's in your glass? Well, what's in my glass is what's usually in my glass, which I always have a Yeti with me that has ice water, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing. <laughs> Even though, you know, most people say, I hate drinking water all the time, but you know, you get used to it after a while. But yep, that's what's in my cup. Yeah, you do. I love it. All right, so with this being the last month of mental health awareness, again, we figured why not talk to somebody that knows more about mental health awareness than we do. So Melissa, from your perspective, when we're talking about mental health, um, a big global topic that is always helpful is how does mental health impact our relationships with others, our interpersonal relationships, meaning like whether it's family, friends, coworkers. So how, like, what's kind of like the big picture of how that can impact us as individuals? Oh, geez. I mean, I think that's a huge question, right? It um, is. It is. You know, my, my mind first goes to the opposite of that, which is how do our relationships impact our mental health? But I'll answer your question first. Yeah, that's uh, fine. I think that, you know, when we talk about our mental health, it depends on what kind of mental health issues we have going on, right? If we're, let's say something super common like depression, right? If somebody's depressed, uh, most likely they're going to, you know, feel like a burden to other people. They're going to stop answering the phone. They may cancel plans. You know, they're going to become more distant from the people around them. Right. Um, you know, same thing with anxiety that can show up in a very similar way. So, you know, it's kind of a, a self motivating cycle when that starts to happen and your relationships start to suffer then as your relationships suffer, your mental health can suffer in return, right? So right. it's kind of a self-perpetuating cycle. And um, a lot of people don't realize just how much, you know, if we're not mentally healthy, think about going through your day, even doing these podcasts or whatever else you're going to do, right? Mm -hmm. You can't, you're not going to be able to stay focused. You're not going to be able to even have a conversation with me, right? The whole time you're going to be in complete dread mode, not want to be here. So mm -hmm. I think that um, it's just something that people can't see, like they can see a black eye or something, right? If you right. got into a car accident, uh, but it's always there. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the struggle with mental health is that we all have different struggles. Some of them are very visible to others and they can be sensitive to it. 
and some of them aren't visible to others, therefore there's a tendency to be insensitive to it. And because of that, then it can be something that does seem like it perpetuates much more than if we raise awareness of it. And we could be maybe somebody that recognizes that, wow, this person's canceling on me all the time. Maybe I should check in on them instead of feeling hurt or frustrated or mad. Maybe there's another side to that story that could be explored. Not that you have the answers, but just checking in on them. Hey, I've noticed this trend. Is everything okay? Um, There's very different responses. Absolutely. Instead of personalizing it, which is, again, that goes back to the mental health of the person on the receiving end of that, right? So that becomes very layered and complicated. Mm-hmm. There's, there's really a, so many variables that play oh, a role in it. Absolutely. And we're not trying to undermine everything. We're, it's, it's more of like kind of that big picture, global picture awareness of, of what, you know, just how we can maybe look at things from a little bit of a different perspective. And then somehow all of a sudden you start seeing things a lot, a lot differently and that communication can change. Yeah. What you said also made me think about is not only looking at your own mental health, but being aware of those that are close around you and um, kind of being aware of you see changes and like how to kind of step in or let them know you're there. Um, And just, you know, that whole side of it as well as like recognizing it in others or recognizing they might be going through a hard time. It doesn't have to be classified as anything, you know? Absolutely. Um, I'm mean, there to support them. People don't always know what to do, right? So I'll have a lot of people in my office who will say, well, you know, when my spouse or my brother or whoever it is in their life is going through something difficult and they do pull away, I don't know what to do. Do I push them, right? Do I, do I encourage them to do what I know is healthy for them? Or do I not say anything because I don't want to make them feel ashamed or, um, you know, kind of feeling more like a child, right? When we mm-hmm. kind of micromanage someone and we're like, well, did you take your medication? Did you go to your support group? Did you go to work today? How'd you sleep last night? Like that kind of stuff, right? So you're right. It doesn't have to be a disorder. I mean, everybody has something, right? That they may be struggling with. That's why we see so many stickers around that say like, just be kind. We never know what's going on like with somebody <laughs> else uh, yeah. because we don't, but we, we are quick to make assumptions um, based on, you know, just we have missing information with other people. Mm-hmm. We make assumptions to kind of fill in those gaps. Um, our brain actually does that as a way of surviving. So if we, um, let's say we're in the woods in the middle of the night and we were camping, right? And we hear something rustling in the leaves. We don't know what that is, but we're probably not going to stick around to find out, right? We're going to run the other way because our, our mind is like, okay, that's probably dangerous. So in that way, it can be very helpful. But socially, when our mind you know, fills in the gaps with assumptions about, okay, well, so-and-so hasn't called me back. Oh, I guess, you know, I guess they don't want to talk to me. Well, no, maybe they're just struggling. Maybe they don't know how to juggle the kids and the career and the, you know, social life. And maybe they haven't slept. Like, we don't know what's going on. Right. So having that, you know, having that positive assumption that, you know, they don't mean any harm by it, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super helpful. 
so with with that in mind, right? Do you have strategies that you would typically suggest that if somebody is does feel like they're pulling away in a gentle way to be able to uh, not talk down or be sure. um, potentially negative? Um, do you have strategies that you use? Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, it's interesting. People, we're not all that different. Um, we all really want to know that we're important to people. We want to know that we're loved, that people actually care about what we have to say, right? So at the end of the day, if we're focused on communicating that, instead of starting out a sentence like, well, I don't want to offend you, but right? um, <laughs> I know you guys already had the, the podcast about the but and um, yeah. conversation, but you know, anything we say, right? Before but is canceled out when we say but. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's something where you want to focus on more of why you're reaching out, right? Like, I love you. I care about you. Um, are you okay? Right? right? Like, I care about what's going on with you. I'm not mad at you. Um, or maybe I am a little mad at you. I don't know if that's how you feel. But <laughs> at the end of the day, right, like, we get our feelings hurt. And sometimes instead of um, reaching out with an olive branch, we reach out um, with our own insecurities or our own angers or our own frustrations, right? Or we completely ignore it because we don't know what to do at all. And that doesn't help either, right? So if somebody's struggling and we ignore it, chances are it's not going to help the situation. I've had a few times where like friends or even patients, um, you know, I didn't feel like I was doing much, but constantly, how's your day? How's it going? You know, kind of, and sometimes they answer, sometimes they wouldn't, but then on the other side, when they got through things, they came back and they're like, I just want you to know you were the only person that asked me how I was doing, or you were the only person. And to me, it didn't seem like that. It was just me caring, me wanting to know. Um, and to them, it was a, you know, a big deal, but they didn't show that at that time. You know, it was when they returned later on when they were feeling better. Sure. Um, I think so about I kinda, it. And that was a good lesson for me to like, just keep doing it. Even if they're not responding or even Absolutely. if they're same thing over day over day, no, I'm terrible or on this. Okay. Well, let's try this. You know, like just trying to be positive for them in that moment. Yeah. Being positive for them, seeing them, asking them, you know, showing that concern. Um, and, but even with people close to you, right. It'd be a little bit different because you would be a little bit more vulnerable with them. Um, and so you know, you, it's funny, you had mentioned tips and tricks or, you know, anything that you would say it's, it's usually, I think about things in more of an equation standpoint. So for instance, um, things that you can use that you can apply to any situation so that you're not just thinking, okay, when I ask her for tips and tricks, if I say, okay, if somebody hurts your feelings because they don't respond, then what do you say to them if you're concerned about their mental health? That's very specific, right? Mm -hmm. If we talk about, well, how do you confront someone if you're concerned about them in general, no matter what they're doing, um, then that would just have to involve you. First and foremost, if we don't think that somebody really knows what's going on or that they care, we don't care about what they have to say, right? right? So making sure that you are kind of asking yourself first, you know, how am I going to communicate to that person that I really care? And secondly, do I even really know what's going on? Have I given them an opportunity to tell me that? And if they don't want to, 
then you have to respect that too. Mm -hmm. So not being too forceful yeah. with it. Right. If those are checked yeah. off, <laughs> then we can go to the next part, right? Um, because then they'll actually want to know, okay, well, oh, you're concerned about me. Oh, okay. Well, let me hear about that. You know, there's that really corny phrase that says, um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's corny. You just, you know, I've heard it so often, right? But it's so true. It is so true. Yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot with that. That's part of the interpersonal relationships is our own awareness of ourselves within how we're dealing with somebody else, and that treat people how you want to be treated. I mean, you want to be cared for by somebody else, whether it's a friend, family, or somebody else, and then you just do the same thing in return. Mm -hmm. But when you have emotions that come in. Then mm -hmm. this is kind of what we talked about with, with Aaron is that that fire can come up. And mm -hmm. so it's like, how do you then look at that fire and be respectful of the fire and not let it get out of control and then say, okay, like, so there's like, you add the emotion plus the communication and all the mm -hmm. stuff can get, it can get like out of hand really quickly, or we respect the flame and respect that fire, recognize it and mm -hmm. then work on okay, wait a minute. Are we just fueling this over and over and over again? And Sometimes. it doesn't need to be fueled. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I'm chuckling. I'm chuckling because one of the things I specialize in is couples therapy. And okay. so uh, in my practice, I have extensively studied, you know, Got I don't know if you're familiar with Gottman therapy, right? They've done so much research with couples and relationships um, to see, you know, what makes couples really thrive and feel mm -hmm. connected, not just be together, but be together and be happy and connected and satisfied. And then what kills relationships? So I've started with that, but now really specializing in EFT, which is Emotionally Focused Therapy by Sue Johnson. And, you know, they, they started out all together, right? So they kind of broke off and started doing their own thing after a while. So I consider them to be like cousin theories, right? Okay. But when we're looking at, you know, how do you deal with that fire that comes up? I see that fire all the time in my office, right? And <laughs> one of my favorite things to do is to teach people how to deal with that because we don't want to burn everybody. We don't need to burn the whole place down because we feel like, we're on fire essentially, mm -hmm. right? If you're triggered in those moments. So yeah, you can't have a conversation with anybody really, let alone your spouse, if you are emotionally triggered in that moment to where your fight or flight has kicked in. Mm -hmm. You can't because in that moment you feel like you're in danger. And what do we do when we feel like we're in danger? We don't cuddle with the bear, right? We attack the bear, we <laughs> run away from the bear. <laughs> We're like, hey, come here. Uh, it just doesn't work that way, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know what you talked about with Aaron entirely, but mm -hmm. I don't want to like repeat information, but I'll tell right. you that, you know, being able to learn how to soothe yourself in those moments and recognize when that's coming up and being able to ride that wave and not make it worse and not ex like ex extend it. I call it the roller coaster that you got on that you can't get off until it's over. 
um, unless you stay on for another ride, right? So we can get <laughs> our head and we can be like, they're so wrong and this is so messed up and we can really fuel it or we can starve it by, there's a lot of different methods for that, but we can starve it and then get into a place where we know again, um, am I accessible to my partner, right? You ever get into an argument with somebody and you feel like you can't reach them? Yeah, like they're there, right, they're physically yeah. there, yeah. but you're like, where did you go? Right. So they have to be accessible. Going back to the things I talked about in the very beginning of this podcast, do they really care about how I feel? Right. Are they really listening to me? So I would say, and I don't even know how we got on this anymore, but when we started talking about the fire part, right? right. What do you do with that? And you have your own emotions that come up. I think that's how we got on it. Right. Um, when somebody else is maybe struggling with something, how do you deal with your own stuff? You have to have those conversations with yourself before you can have them with somebody else. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I think, because so where my mind goes is at first, it's like, okay, so we can have this awareness of caring and making sure that we're talking to somebody in a caring way. But at the same time, we've got our own emotions to deal with in addition to the awareness of the caring. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then we've got to go on to the flip side of that, of at some point in time, there might be relationships where it just isn't going to work, right? It might be a friendship. It might be a coworker. It might be a partner, right? Um, and, at, and at some point in time, there might be a recognition of this is just isn't going to be healthy for me because it's not going to be a two-way street, right? So yeah. what are some strategies that we might like have out there for recognition of that? Because that exists. It mm. does. Yeah. It completely does. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. does. Not everybody's yes. going to be safe for us and not everybody no. is going to, you know, have earned that, that spot closest to us in our life right Mm -hmm. so I would say one of the things to look out for is you know it's interesting when you start to put up boundaries with people the ones that get the most upset with you about them are the ones that were benefiting from you not having boundaries in the first place there you go interesting I tell people all the time when they first start dating I'm like test your boundaries in the beginning, right? If you're afraid to say, hey, you know, I really don't like this restaurant or hey, I'm, I'm really not happy with um, something that you had said to me the other day. Like, I really, you know, I want to talk to you about that. If they have a reaction that is very dismissive, um, is, you know, they maybe think you're being ridiculous, right? Um, or they blame you, for, for having a boundary, then that's probably a pretty good sign that something is off, that maybe they're not the safest. Maybe you need to back them up a little bit. So consider, um, something I do with my patients is uh, to consider the, those emotional boundaries in a physical sense first, right? If you don't trust somebody, you're not gonna have them come into your house and sit on your couch and put their arm around you, right? I, I mean, I hope. We're not going to do that because we don't know them. They could hurt us. Um, but we may let them come to our door. We may even like talk to them through the door and be like, hey, you know, what do you need? May even open the door. I don't know. But you're not going to invite them into your house. Um, same thing if you have somebody come over 
and they are completely dismissive and disrespectful of everything physically in your house. They're jumping all over your furniture. You're not just going to let them continue to do that, right? So if they're not physically safe for you to have them that close, then why would they emotionally be safe for you to have them that close, right? Uh, we need to think about it like how to how can we back them up to the point where we feel like we are not putting ourselves in some type of danger or feeling like our um like we're not compromising ourselves mm -hmm. so, yeah having to be somebody that we're not yeah absolutely i think those are like really good strategies i don't know bobby i think barriers and boundaries are something that are just commonly like not done for yourself and that's where you kind of get spread too thin I think you can probably mm -hmm. attest to that just as much as I can yes and I love yeah. when you're talking about like starting relationships so Jess is married and I am not and um you know I feel like those are <laughs> um especially as we're older you know like when you're dating when you're older and you feel like when you're 20, you kind of have like the whole world there, you know, but like when you're getting into your middle, late thirties, the pool is a lot smaller. And so I've been in that pool in my thirties. I get it. Yeah. So you feel like, like you don't want to make any of those sacrifices, but you feel like maybe I should, or, you know, am I being too picky or this? So right. I love like that thought process on that because you start doubting yourself and you start kind of, I was like, when you were saying that, I was like, I could talk about this forever. <laughs> me too. Me too. I love it. You know, there are certain things you might have on your list. Maybe you want somebody who is certain things that don't need to be on the list. Right. But they, right. they're like preferences. Like on my list, I used to have he has to want to ride roller coasters with me and want uh, to, what else was it? Oh, have a, a real Christmas tree. Okay. Those are whatever. <laughs> What's really important when you look at your own list is, and this isn't just for people you're just meeting, but people in general, right? Like, are they happy for me? Like genuinely happy for me when like things are going well or do they get jealous? Um you know, do they cheer me on in other words? Mm -hmm. And even for dating, do they care about how I feel? Do they make room for me emotionally? Are they respectful? Can I trust them, right? Yeah. Th those things are so sacred in terms of what makes relationships work, right? If we look at even different cultures, different, um, doesn't have to be just like uh, monogamous, heterosexual relationships, right? In America, it could be anywhere. Lies never work in any relationships ever. They just nope. do not work universally. Right. Right. So some of the things I was just mentioning, those are things that universally are super important to have in any relationship. Right. And I think that's something that has been beneficial to me over the years is realizing what, what kind of boundaries do I have? And then recognizing when somebody's not respecting that, it's like, it helps me make it a little bit more tangible of why I've been creating distance between myself and that person. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, just like you're saying, like something as simple as like, you've got this win that you're like, oh, I'm so excited about this. And then the person comes back with this like jealous comment and it's like derogatory. And you're like, right. like, why would you just deflate? Why would you do that? 
Like yeah. I worked really hard for this and then you immediately wanted to deflate me. You know, it's like, and, and when you get have people like that around you on a regular basis, you're just like, like, what's going on? I, I feel like I should have a win here, but, but maybe not. Am I being like over the top? Is something wrong with me? So you start to internalize it. And then it's like, oh, wait, like, as you know, like, at least for me, as the years went on, I started recognizing some of this. I was like, okay, I need to create distance between myself and that person. I do. And then, Mm -hmm. and then I'm healthier mentally because I'm not constantly being deflated. Exactly. And I think that comes along with learning yourself and trusting yourself and, you know, so you, you second guess that less, right. Mm -hmm. But you can be Mm -hmm. around people who are um, helping you do the opposite. They make Mm -hmm. you second guess yourself a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. They, um, Basically, if you're in a relationship where somebody is, it is as simple as this. If you're sitting in a room and you're like, I'm cold. And you're like, you're not cold. That's ridiculous. Right. And yes, and these comments happen all the time. Yeah. And it happens time. again and again and again. Yep. And you're like, well, maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe it, right. hit me. <laughs> right. Maybe I'm not cold. I don't know. I've got goosebumps. I thought I was cold. Right. Like I thought I was cold. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Right. But it could be. Right something bigger than that but sure so sometimes it's we don't know that's part of the growing process is it me or is it them is it people have around me there's also that saying and I don't know I'm gonna bleep out that is a little bit tiny bit of curse word in it I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on here but it says that before you you know go to therapy make sure that you're not just surrounded by a-holes right Mm -hmm. um because sometimes the feedback we're getting is from people who are very distorted themselves. And so we start to believe that. Right. Right. I find it interesting. Like, and this is not just through this conversation, but earlier conversations we've had is I think a lot of our natural um, tendencies is to internalize and first like put the blame on us, which at least for me, I personally don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's more self-reflection as long as that self-reflection then turns into a realization of no, it's not me in those cases where it's really not, you know. But I find it interesting, Jess, like you were saying, like, oh, maybe I maybe I overdid this, or maybe, you know, like yeah. we just in, instantly we return to ourselves and like blame it on us. Um because sometimes we are to blame, right? Right, right. Sometimes it's like, nope, I'll take that. That was me. And you know, okay, I could have handled that differently. I could have communicated that differently. And so there are those times. And then there's the other times where you're like, I'm still not seeing it. And then I'll usually like ask somebody else who I can, I truly <laughs> yeah. consider safe. And I'm like, I'll give them the feedback of like, Hey, is this, how would you feel if in this situation? And then that's how I've kind of started to figure out, mm-hmm. like, I do think I need to distance myself from this individual. Um, I don't think that this is something that is, again, it's like, it's not like, like I'm never going to talk to you again, just like emotionally. I'm going to distance myself and those words, right. Yeah. And those words just then mean less because I'm not giving them as much power over my feelings. Correct. Like, so yeah. So perfect. Well, I think this has been a super, super helpful conversation. And like I said, the whole goal was just to really kind of get this a little bit, again, broader uh, spectrum conversation of today in our personal relationships, because that's huge, so huge. And how we as humans see the world, interact with the world 
and then give our like how we have uh, self-respect and and how we see ourselves within this bigger picture. So sometimes there's tactics that we can use that can improve that. Sometimes there's just times where we the tactic is to create space, which is mm -hmm. fine as well. But just having the awareness that it does go both ways, I think, can it be does. helpful. Yeah, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for coming on. Yes, we really you, appreciate Melissa. it. Yep. Thank you, ladies. And I appreciate it. Yep. So next month, we are going to be starting a new topic, and the topic is going to be about sleep and the importance of sleep and all sorts of stuff that we're going to delve into in regard to sleep. And we do have a challenge. So every at the end of every episode, we have a challenge. So I do want to say the challenge this week is going to be um, to try and find a way to understand what your boundaries are. Just understand them. You know, make make a uh, make your list of of what you need uh, as as an individual, and then see if you can uh, put that into practice a little bit. All right. Well, we look forward to hearing everyone. Uh, listen in for the next week. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and then we will be posting Melissa Crawford's information as this episode airs. All right, everybody. Bye.